Hi, Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo and co-host with editor Lucy Kippist of the Flying Solo podcast. Now, before I introduce our guest, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Now, onto the show. I'm delighted to be speaking with Lucy Bingle, who's well known to uh, to regulars at Flying Solo for the articles that, um, that she writes. And it's great to have you here, Lucy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So now... Look, I know that your speciality subject um, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn's where you spend an awful lot of your time these days. Would that be right? Yes, that's right. I would say that we've got a digital marketing agency that solely focuses on LinkedIn marketing. Wow. Okay. Well, then you're just the person we need to talk to because, you know, what I sort of believe and see around the place is, is a number of, uh, of solo business owners who, yes, we can sort of tick the box that we have a profile long on LinkedIn. But frankly, I'm not sure that, and I include myself in this, I'm just not sure that we're kind of doing what we ought to be doing with it. So what I'd love to do is have a chat with you about, you know, again, let's imagine that we've sort of got a basic profile set up, but how can we make it better and how should we start using it in our business? Sure, that'd be great. Um, so I think what I always talk to people about is developing and implementing a really solid individual LinkedIn strategy. And what I mean by that is that there are sort of three parts to the process. Initially, you need to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that it really clearly demonstrates what you do, who you serve and how to get in touch with you. And it needs to be vibrant and dynamic because, as you can imagine, with 600 million members on LinkedIn, it's really difficult to stand mm. out from the crowd. So it's all about how can I make my profile, position me as a subject matter expert and um, be findable and also, as I said, sort of cut through and stand out. So, yeah, so the when, way – Can I just stop you there for a sec? So when you, mm. when you use the word optimize, mm, um, you're using it in the kind of old school sense in that, in that how do we make it the best it can be? And we're not optimizing for search engines here. You're talking about just positioning it so that it's, it's targeted for the right people, just getting the right, the yes. right eyeballs in front of us. Um, Yes, but I am also optimizing it for SEO keyword optimization. So you're right, predominantly it's about how can it stand out and look fabulous, but also how can we make sure it's more findable. So mm. the steps that, you know, a quick overview of what that should look like is from an aesthetics point of view, you know, it's making sure that, you know, you've got a really great background image on your LinkedIn profile, that you've got a high res and decent professional headshot. Mm -hmm. It's about making sure that your headline is um, differentiated from everybody else. And what I mean by that is you can imagine how many people have, say, business owner or um, consultant or sure. business development manager. So how can you niche that to set you apart? So could it be by industry or geolocation or um, the clientele that you serve? And then also using your SEO keywords in amongst your description or your summary section where you articulate clearly what you do. And that's just to ensure that it helps, I suppose, the LinkedIn algorithm pick you up and find you more easily. Mm. 
But, Can, let yeah. me just, I'm going to pull a few of those apart, if I may. Mm. So if I can just wind you back a bit. Firstly, to headshot, mm. right? So, I mean, and, and maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's not right to spend too long in this, but I noticed that, you know, there's a good headshot, there's an okay headshot, and there's a disastrous headshot. You know, and to my mind, the disastrous headshot is the slightly blurry image of you at a, you know, a wedding or a cocktail function Mm -hmm. where someone Mm -hmm. said that's a great picture and you sort of try and kind of cut it out, but it doesn't really work. We shouldn't be doing that, right? We need to have a decent. Okay, so I remember reading somewhere a while ago, the guy was saying that it really needs to be one way they can see the color of your eyes. And I mean, what, what, what importance do you attach to the headshot? Look, I always say to people, invest in getting a decent headshot because you're not just using it for LinkedIn. It will get used across so many different pieces of collateral, whether that be a pitch document, a capability statement, your website, whatever. So it's actually worth your while getting a good head and shoulders photo that's, um, yeah, looking down the barrel of the camera. But I don't think it needs to be really corporate I think now we can actually make them more vibrant and dynamic. So, you know, I actually, you know, myself personally prefer sort of natural light, you know, aesthetic, something. Mm. To be honest, Robert, it's just about looking real, looking like you, looking at the camera and, you know, an authentic, decent photo that represents you properly. Yeah, okay. And I, I think on that, you know, it's it's often worth just running it by your nearest and dearest and, mm. and giving them a selection of maybe half a dozen and go you know, which of these is is the image that best reflects who I am. So, okay, so we need to have a a really strong image. Now, when you're talking there about headline and Mm. SEO, so we're talking there, and again, I'm just going to kind of dumb it down a bit just Mm. for anybody that's really not into this. When we're talking about search engines here, we're talking largely about LinkedIn's own search engine. So what, and obviously that does feed to Google as well. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. you talk about um, kind of keywords in that context, it's primarily, again, thinking about it from the perspective of a single business, you know, soloist business owner, probably selling services in some shape or form. The keywords would be the sort of things that would summarize the focus of our work and and the nature of our ideal audience. So I might say, a business coach working with uh, creative professionals or some such thing. Absolutely. Yeah, so okay. I don't want you to be um, thinking, you know, I don't want you to be thinking, okay, well, let's be repetitive about this because that will boost my, hmm. um, you know, findability. It doesn't work like that. I just want you, if you have got a website or if you already know that you're doing Google AdWords, I would recommend getting that list of keywords and just ensuring that they're also being used in amongst your profile. But I want it to be very still clear and in layman's language what you do, who you serve and how to get in touch with you. But I was more just saying, you know, be smart about it. Use some of the keywords that you would probably be using within your Google AdWords or on your website. Okay, so we've got, let's imagine we've got a good image We've got a good headline that's descriptive. It's not just saying consultant or whatever. It's being much more descriptive than that. We've got some of our keywords going in. So that's that's kind of the basic stuff, right? That's what mm. we need to have. Where next? Because we've got an opportunity here with LinkedIn mm. to write a fairly large profile. Is, is it kind of the larger the better or what's your thinking about that? No, I don't think it is. I don't want you to be doing it like a running CV. So that's where I think, you know, put 
use it as an opportunity to market your business. So um, therefore put the client at the centre so they're really clear about what your key deliverables are to them. Um, attach rich media files and that is actually one of the ways that you can be very different to everybody else. Take the opportunity to add your videos, to add your capability statements, to add your brochures or whatever it might be that you have and attach them to the summary section because as I say to people, we're all time poor. People don't want to spend their life scrolling on their mobiles or on their iPads or wherever looking mm. through your profile page. You want it to be right up the top what you do, who you look after and so therefore, I recommend doing the bulk of the work in the summary section on your LinkedIn profile page and attaching the rich media files there also. Okay. So when you say rich media, you're talking video primarily, right? No, not necessarily. Okay. It could be PDFs. It okay, could be, okay. Um, it, but if you've got video, awesome. If you don't, don't let that hold you back. You might have a capability statement. You might have... Um, a brochure or um, a publication that references you or even articles from, you know, newspapers, whatever it might be, just opportunities to position yourself as that subject matter expert that, you know, people need you. Okay. So again, though, in the when we come to thinking about uh, what kind of rich media can I use, and I just, I, I'm aware because I've kind of met people who've done this, it's like, oh, here's some toys I can play with. So they will sort of upload kind of anything and everything they've got that's rich media but in some cases it's just not relevant no what we need to be clear with is that whatever we attach is again as you say about capabilities this is what i do this is who i do it for this is mm -hmm. what you can expect when you work with me so it's those sort of rich media do you Absolutely. think do you think that somebody and forgive me for, I, I know i'm talking too much but i've just had a strong coffee um but if you've if if somebody listening to this is definitely in the in the sort of independent professional space, and you and I would probably agree that if that's the space that you're operating in, then the chances are LinkedIn is very important, if not the most important kind of social media uh, avenue for you. Do you think that um, it's at it is worth investing? Like, should we go and get uh, a short two minute video produced, and obviously? the days of thousands of dollars are gone happily we can do that very inexpensively should we be creating content purely for linkedin do you think well i i wouldn't look at it from a standpoint of purely for linkedin because i just know you would use it in so many other ways whether it be in your edm or your e-newsletter or in on your website so to answer the question, I would definitely, if you can, get a video um, created because it is so powerful and six times more likely to be consumed than written text. So it's the most consumable form of rich media at the moment. People are watching it on the go. They're watching it in their house. You know, I mean, we all yep, know all yep. the reasons. It's so much more dynamic. So, yes, I recommend strongly, strongly getting um, a video created, but I think it won't it just won't end up being only for linkedin yeah. will okay now that's that's very that's very reasonable of you i think and that's very good that's good advice because it, you're saying that you know yes we should do it but d don't worry it's, you're not just doing it for linkedin you are going to be using it elsewhere mm. all right so let's imagine we're doing that then we've we've got all this set up we've got some rich media or perhaps it's on our plan to add more things as we go so if we've got all this sort of stuff in place is that it? Can we leave it alone? Or it's not really? Well, is it? oh, it's not. I mean, look, you can 
get your profile set up. Obviously, it is a, um, you know, it's a work in progress. So you should always be, you know, refreshing it and adding things to it if and when they happen. Um, so, yeah, it's a dynamic piece of content. But the next pieces of the puzzle is really making sure that you're then um, – got a connection strategy happening at the same time you're okay, actually building okay. a valuable network of people um, to be connected to because it's one thing to have a standalone profile but we need to given that this is all part of a LinkedIn strategy and about building thought leadership and setting you up as expert we need to um, then start to build out a valuable network of people for you to be start you know effectively marketing to okay all right well how on earth do we do that you said how many million people are on LinkedIn now 600 million. 10, 600 million, okay. 10 plus million in Australia and a, over 100 plus million in Asia Pacific. Okay, right. So imagine that uh, someone listening here is a complete newbie to this, mm-hmm. right? So where do we start with a connection strategy? How do we do that? Okay, so the easy wins are firstly connecting in with your peers, your clients, ex-colleagues, professional peers and alumni okay so you can do that quickly you know who those people are now where I want you guys to be different is I want you to be personalizing these messages to all these people okay and the way we can do that in a manageable way is by making sure that on your desktop you've got two um, short form messages already saved and the first will be sort of dear joe blogs um i provide xyz service within this industry i'd really welcome the opportunity to connect with you now joe blogs is happy you've called him by his name you've been really clear with why you're reaching out you've been upfront and authentic so chances are they'll be happy to connect in with you now once you've connected out to the people that you can map out easily, like I said before, you then need to start to find others. And the way we do that is that, you know, LinkedIn has this really robust search functionality built into it because it was obviously built as a sourcing tool originally. So you can actually find your people that you need to be connecting in through that search functionality. And um, and again, I want you to be personalising those connection requests. And If we were doing best practice, I would then be suggesting to you that 10 days later, once you've built up a body of people that you've connected out to, you would be sending them then a follow-up message that would be not pitching to them, not asking for anything, that would just be saying, Dear Joe Blogs, thanks for taking the time to connect with me. I just thought I'd take the time to articulate more clearly the services we provide. If you ever need anything, please feel free to get in touch. Now, it just means that these people have been touched twice. Mm -hmm. They're quite familiar now with who you are and what you do so when in the future you do ever meet them or reach out to them they've they already know you know um about you and what services you provide and remembering that you'll be in the background also doing your linkedin marketing efforts which we'll talk about in a moment um they'll be hearing from you so they'll be very familiar with your services and expertise. Mm. So if I can just, again, I'm going to go back a little bit. So this is the beginnings of your of the kind of connection strategy. Mm. So as you say, we start off with the kind of people that we know in the, mm-hmm. in the broader sense, people we bumped into at some point in our professional lives. Mm. Um, so as you say, they're, they're people we know. So one would hope that's a quite an easy kind of connection. And 
and LinkedIn makes that the search, you know, finding those people and connecting them, connecting with them pretty easy. I love the way you're suggesting there that we keep some sort of copy and paste um, mm. wording that we can use. But so should we be, when we're going broader than that, then when we're reaching outside and we're, are we going most definitely for potential customers or mm. are we going also for people who may introduce us to potential customers? I mean, how do you... How do you view that? Well, first and foremost, I mean, you know, we're here to do business. So um, definitely finding your prospects mm -hmm. is absolutely critical. Then I would be reaching out to industry leaders, you know, within your industry. I think the thing that's really important, Robert, is making sure that you're strategically growing a relevant and quality network. Okay, right. so... I'm not into doing a scattergun approach. Mm. I'd rather people actually think quite cleverly about this because at the end of the day, you know, we're time poor. You know, we're trying – and especially when you're running your own business, you're across everything. So you want what you're doing to matter. So, yes, reaching out to prospects first, industry leaders. Also, as you say, people of influence that may be able to recommend your services. So thinking a bit more out of the box around that, I suppose. And um, – yeah, and thought leaders are a good one as well. So yeah. other people that you admire and you listen to and you regard as being influencers. Okay, so let's imagine that we've got somebody who is is kind of starting, as it were, now, right? Maybe mm -hmm. they've they've had their profile there. Maybe it needs a bit of tidying up, and hopefully, what you've already said. Um, will give people a bit of a lead as to how they need to tidy it up. Now they're starting a connection strategy. I mean, is this something, is this like a couple of days work to get uh, a good um, sort of uh, foundation of contacts? Is it a week? I mean, how, how long do you think to, to kind of get started? Yeah. So I always tell people you've got to get over the magic number of 500. Oh. Okay. So... <laughs> Anyone listening to this needs to look at how many people they're connected to and then if they're not at 500, they've got some work to do. Wow. And really, it's hard to sort of put a time frame on it. Mm. I mean, it's an ever-growing thing. I mean, I'm still doing network build-outs, you know, um, depending on industries that I'm trying to get more work in. Or, uh, But once you get over 500, it starts to also um, – self-populate in a lot of ways you know you mm. start actually getting connection requests coming back to you because you know you're starting to connect in with the right people and therefore when you start doing your linkedin marketing their connections see you and then they start to reach out and connect yes. in with you so do you see how that yes, you start a sort of snowball yes um, so for anybody listening if if 500 sounds daunting and mm. you know uh, uh, I, I can certainly attest to what you say is that it doesn't take too long once you get started no. No. and things happen. But when you do connect with somebody and you have a successful connection, you are then, um, forgive me, I'm not sure whether I've got this the right way around or whether it's someone that approaches me. I then see all their contacts or not, not all their contacts, but LinkedIn kind of offers me up some other people that they're connected with. So this is something that we is useful because we can keep an eye on that, can't we? Go, oh, okay, that person looks interesting. They're also relevant. Yes, that's right. And they're the opportunities that you can then reach out and connect with those people. But I mean, that also always depends on individuals' privacy settings, whether they're actually sure. allowing you to have access or visibility of their network. Mm. Okay. All right. So I should also just raise one point here. Up until this point, everything we're talking about 
is the free LinkedIn, right? We're not having Absolutely. to. This is not Absolutely. premium. And most of us, 99% of us probably can live forever on the free LinkedIn. Would you agree with that? I do all my training. It's all done on the free platform. Okay. So I, I use a free version of LinkedIn. Okay. Oh, well, look, if you do, then I think that's, I think we can all rest easy. Okay, so let's say we've started that then. We're building, you know, we're on the path to getting our 500 connections. Um, you mentioned then about publishing, because obviously it's not, mm -hmm. this isn't a kind of dormant network at all. Now we've got some people that we're connected with, we need to start publishing, basically. Yeah? That's exactly right. So then you need to be actively um, engaging with your network and where again I want everybody to be different to the vast majority is you need to find your voice on the platform everyone has social fatigue which I'm sure you'd agree with yes. and liking it just doesn't cut it anymore mm. so it's about actually stepping up and sharing insights and articles and wrapping smart commentary around it and that is the way you will be able to cut through your, you know, cut through in this very busy digital marketing age, you know, mm. is by engaging with your network's content, by following your company page or having an active company page, by um, liking, sharing and commenting on your network's, um, you know, activity. And then once a week, taking the step to post a status update. So finding a high quality piece of content, whether it be your own or a third party piece, and wrapping that in commentary and tagging individuals, organizations, and using hashtags. And if you can do that with consistency and rhythm, I guarantee you, you will be um, so much better than the person next to you because <laughs> you will just you'll start to get some momentum happening, but also you'll start to, your visibility on the platform will obviously increase and people will start to see you as a subject matter expert. Hmm. Okay, so you mentioned once a week there. Is that, is that are, you, are you suggesting that's really the minimum if we're going to take this seriously? Is that, is that the level that we need to be considering? No, no, I'm saying once a week do a status update. But I put together this little program called LinkedIn for Breakfast. And basically, that's saying that three times a week, 15 to 20 minutes, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> so, but what am I going to do in my three lots three of 15 to 20 You're minutes? You're going yeah. to, on, three times a week, I'm going to um, expect you to reach out to a handful of new connections, right. so five to ten people. And then I want you to engage with what's going on in your feed. So making sure that you're liking, sharing and commenting on your peers, thought leaders content that's appearing. Um, and then I'm wanting you to make sure you're engaging with um, other articles that, you know, that resonate with you through the platform. And if you're blogging, making sure you're cross-promoting those blog posts that are already being you know, put up on your website or wherever and getting those up on your LinkedIn profile page and publishing them. Mm. And then once a week doing a status update. Okay, so when you say this is the, this is the piece I, I guess I just need to ask you to explain further, what do you mean by status update? Oh, so on the home page of LinkedIn, you'll see at the top it says, um, I think it says uh, share a post or share oh, a status okay, okay. 
And okay. it's effectively, that's what I'm talking about. A status right. update is the ability to share a post on the platform. Okay, so you're basically saying we need to share a post once a week, do a post once a week. An individual post, yes. Yeah. So okay. as a bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because what I've found in, uh, and I've been playing a little bit, right? what I should have done probably is ask you to look at my LinkedIn page and we could have pulled that apart for half an hour, but it might have been a bit selfish of me. So that's why I didn't. But um, I've been sort of playing with LinkedIn. I've been on LinkedIn for years um, and I've been sort of toying with this a little bit lately where what I've been doing is I've only been posting, I've been doing posting a couple of things that I guess are somewhat promotional they're, they're to do with my podcast. But I also then just post things that, that kind of rattle my uh, my opinions, things mm-hmm. that I notice. And some of those I've found really do get some quite good traction. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this and I thought it was ridiculous. I saw, saw this and I thought it was fantastic. Just that sort of discussion commentary, definitely not pushing, 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 promoting services. but Oh, just, completely. Yeah. yeah, okay. So uh, you're absolutely right, Robert. I think the thing to remember with LinkedIn is that, uh, and this is my opinion anyway, you know, we're all human. You know, we're multifaceted beings. Like we have interest outside our own service offering and people like to work with nice people and people that actually have something interesting to say. So I'm not all about just pushing my own services. I'm about actually sharing insights and opinion that will resonate with my network and sometimes it'll be completely unrelated i mean you know i'm really passionate around design and architecture so if i see stuff that interests me in that world i will actually sometimes share a post around that even though that's got nothing to do with my core business Mm. but that gets high engagement because other people are actually also interested in that and then you know and then they see another side of lucy bingle and they see stuff that makes her tick and you know, it's all about engagement. Mm. And and I think one of the one of the very nice things about LinkedIn is at least we're not sharing pictures of our, you know, Vegemite avocado toast. It's not it's not going that way, is it? It's very definitely got a, a business or a sort of societal focus as opposed to just the kind of nonsense of everyday life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right and we want to keep it that way. I, I unfortunately mm. do see some pretty lame content come across my feed but yeah. then the beauty of linkedin is you can turn that off as yes. well so when that starts appearing for me i just turn those notifications off well i must say that was a revelation for me when i noticed that because um i i had the same sort of feeling that you did and i think it, it often happens whenever a, a network such as linkedin adds more functionality there'll always be people the opinion leaders the early adopters that jump all over it and just because they're jumping all over it doesn't mean that they've got the best content. And, and I see some absolute rubbish coming through there. But I was delighted to find I could turn it off without disconnecting from the individual necessarily, but at least stop seeing it. Okay, so um, we've got our page set up right. We've got our connection strategy going. I love this notion of, you know, kind of LinkedIn for breakfast, um, spending a, a, some regular time each week to do it. Um, as you said a, a while ago, what then happens when you've really got some momentum is you get more and more people approaching you, mm. right, wanting to connect with you. So how should we handle that? What's the strategy there? Do we just accept everybody? Do we? What's the? What? How do you advise people to handle that? No, you don't accept everybody. So I always ask myself a question, which is. Can I honestly see myself doing business with this person or can I honestly see this person facilitating a business opportunity for me? Mm. And if I answer yes to one or both, I then connect. 
Hmm. As simple as that. Okay. What about if this person looks interesting and I wouldn't mind if they follow me because they might talk about me to somebody else? Yeah. Well, go for it. I mean, you know, it's a gut feeling thing, you know, but if Mm. if it's somebody reaching me from some corner of the world that I'm never really going to, you know, engage with or, you know, I I think there's a lot of gut instinct on this sort of stuff. But I don't just connect with anybody willy-nilly. Like I tend to think about it and I suppose that's the key. Pause, think and then connect. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And tell me, is there a LinkedIn yet doing anything? What I've noticed that does happen is I will get an inquiry or a, a request from somebody and they've spent a bit of time, you know, d- allegedly looking at who I am or what I do and posting me a personal note. But then the next thing I find out is that they've somehow found my email address within my LinkedIn profile and added me without asking me to a mailing list. And that really bugs the hell out of me. Is there anything, are LinkedIn doing anything about that? Because there are ways to strip information out of the back end of LinkedIn, aren't there, that people are misusing slightly. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so I I noticed only recently actually that, um, so yes, they used to be able, anybody was able to export their connections and it would actually give them a laundry list of all the emails associated Mm. with those accounts. But um, only the other day I was doing the same thing because exporting your connections is still highly valuable because it's a great way for you to go through and actually see who you've who's in your network, yep. see where they're currently working and it may trigger you to um, either, you know, introduce them to somebody else who's relevant or reach out and talk to them. I mean, there's so many reasons why you should actually, you know, review who you're connected to. But what used to be available was that email list and that's hence the reason how you ended up on, you know, mailing list. But I did see the other day that that's actually been stripped out. So I think what you will find going forward is that opportunity to be dumped into somebody's mailing list won't happen anymore. Yeehaw. Well, I'm very pleased. Okay. All right. So, look, let's um, uh, just kind of wrap up where we are then. So, uh, I think you've talked us through some very good, clear sort of steps and actions. You've given us um, this sort of sense that it's something we can do, but without it necessarily taking up too much time. And obviously, there's a lot further to go here. You know, you built a whole business around this. You're working with people all day, every day on this whole space. Is there anything else as a kind of passing thought that we should just be thinking about? Oh, I think, uh, you know, what underpins a really strong LinkedIn strategy and, you know, digital marketing strategy as a whole is a good content strategy. So you need to probably think about what is your current content strategy and um, if you don't have one it definitely needs to be looked at because digital marketing isn't going away and nor is LinkedIn marketing and um, if you've got a strong content strategy it will definitely help you build thought leadership and um, and extend brand reach and that's ultimately what we're looking at is brand reach you know lead generation social selling thought leadership mm. okay Terrific. Now, look, I just one little question I've just got to ask you, but don't worry, no one will listen to your response to this bit, right? It's just between us. Um, you've built a lot of your business then, or most of your business around LinkedIn. Do you ever wake up and just wish it wasn't there? Never. <laughs> good. Oh, that was a trick question. You didn't fall for it. That's so good. That's so good. So you, you clearly enjoy it. And I've, and I've met you and I've heard you talk about it. And I, I love it. Kind of new. I love my, I'm, you know, I'm, 
you know, LinkedIn is just the vehicle. You know, I'm passionate about building brands and individuals' brands. So that's what makes me wake up in the morning and jump out of bed. Mm, fantastic. Lovely. Thank you, Lucy Bingle, so much for joining us. So to find out more about the great work that you do, lucybingle.com is the place to go, B-I-N-G-L-E, lucybingle.com. Uh, Lucy Happily is a, a regular writer with Flying Solo, so you'll also find out all over Flying Solo. So, Lucy, thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise with the community today. Thank you for having me, Robert. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 